Hello, everyone. Today, I have a great call. Excuse my, my casual gear. I'm at home still. But I have a great call today with a, a guy who moved here, is immigrating from Mexico. He still has some operations in Mexico. And we go over how he should set up his stuff in the U.S. and really a lot of the benefits of operating with a U.S. company, uh, especially when you're coming from a country like Mexico, where it's a little bit more complicated, to tell you the truth. Just getting paid, using your money, it's just so many more steps and rules and regulations. It's not send me money, I spend money. And that's how it works in the U.S. So uh, I have a great call with this uh, with uh, Enrique from Mexico. I think you're going to enjoy it. We pushed the whole time around here. And, uh, you know, don't forget to like the video and subscribe if you like it. But with no with further ado, let's, let's get to this uh, this call. Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up. Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up. I, I really admire your really uh, bilingual and multicultural approach for this. <laughs> Thanks. I'm, I'm still trying everything I do, I have to do twice. I have to do in English and Spanish. So I just did two calls in Spanish. So okay. happy to do one in English, unless you prefer Spanish. It seems like you speak Spanish as well. Enrique Lopez. That is correct. I do speak Spanish. That's my native language, but... um. I am. I'm, I'm working on um, on my English. I used to be a speaker back in my country, so I need to do practice a lot my English. So that's yeah. That's let's good. talk in English then, because I'm tired of Spanish right now. I need a break. That's, what, that's great. That's great. So nice. Thank you for uh, this time. Let me give you a very very brief story. My story. Um, so I'm I'm from Mexico. Um, I am a consultant in organizational behavior. Um, so my background is in psychology, philosophy, ethics. And then I moved to the U.S. to work on my Ph.D. in leadership to Chicago uh, in 2015. So I came to the U.S. Uh, with a F-1 visa uh, with, along with my family. So um, I have five kids. And oh, good for you. Yeah. You'll see my so, on that side probably. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting thing. And I think from a taxation uh, perspective, it's relevant as well. So, <laughs> so yeah. you, where, where are you living now? You're back in Mexico? No, no I am in Miami. So oh, I moved yeah. to, okay. yeah. I, I, I actually live in North Broward in Parkland. Okay. And um, so, yeah. So before finishing the program, I actually uh, graduated like uh, two months ago. So congrats. Doctor. Thank you. Yes. Doctor <laughs> Finally. <laughs> After a few years. Yeah. So this pandemic allowed me to. Uh, stay at home and work on my dissertation and that was good because before that I used to go back and forth to Mexico and Argentina and Colombia and work there um, most of my work has to do with being there with clients well currently on online but in those times um, traveling was was really very important so um, so I started the company like a year ago here in the U.S. Um, it's called Humanum Consulting Corporation. And the reason for that is that the attorney said that if I was going to start working with my OPT, the optional, you know, training practices, uh, it was relevant to, to be a corp because if not, I think that I could not be an employee of my own company, something like that. So I you have a work visa. Now I do. Now I, uh, but before so you I, didn't, right? I'm sorry. But before you didn't, when you opened the company? No, I only no, I only had uh, OPT. Okay. And I only worked for a month because um, I only asked for three months for the OPT. Now, um, well, actually, I do not have yet the visa. What I have now is the Advanced for All, the EAD. 
and I have this social security number now. And um, however, I have not worked. I, I'm still living from my company back in Mexico. So um, until now, um, all my money, or, which I pay everything here, uh, comes from my my company. And um, so in Mexico, we have a SC, you know, Sociedad Civil, um, which I think it's like an LLC, something like that. Yeah. Um, so that's a company founded back in 2002. So um, I have I have a few questions on that. Um, now that I have the the advance parole and the EAD, the authorization for employment, um, I I want to know how to start. Like, uh, so I have a few questions. The first thing is, can I or should I think about? when I like give a consulting uh, to my people back in Mexico, to my clients, should I, um, could it be a good idea to, instead of doing the invoice from the Mexican company, doing it from the American company? Um, because I understand that there are some experts, um, different taxation. Is that You're correct? doing services, right? You're, do you're doing. Yes. Yes. Let me. Um... So I would say, So, so are you still paying taxes in Mexico? Yes, yes. Well, why? Well, um, the company is there and uh, we do. So even with the Sociedad Civil, you have to pay taxes in, in, in Mexico? It's not like a pass-through? Yes, yes. So when I pass through, yeah, it comes like utilidades, you know? So. Well, if I, um, you're not... So Mexico doesn't have worldwide taxation taxation on its on its citizens, right? So as long as you don't live there, you wouldn't pay taxes there, right? Mm, not personally, but uh, obviously, if you I have a corporation, it's a resident there uh, or a company. So I mean, Mexico has higher tax rates than here generally. So I would probably just receive everything here. That seems pretty pretty clear to me. You can avoid taxes and transfers and difficulties just getting paid in the U.S. Okay. It's going to be cheaper to receive the money, cheaper to keep the money, and it's going to be faster, generally easier for most people. Okay. Okay. So instead of, um, yeah. So instead of charging my uh, clients in Mexico, I charge them directly from here and they do pay from Mexico to here, like an international wire. And they can send all. a wire. They can use a credit card. You know, they can just accept a credit card. Okay. Like you don't, that's easier generally for most people, a credit card, a debit card, a wire, an ACH, And then you don't have to pay all those silly taxes in Mexico. Like, aren't there taxes when you just get paid from people? They the bank just takes money, like a, a percentage, right? Yep. Well, like, some, no, not not exactly that, like that, but yeah, they I do pay taxes there. So yeah. Yeah. So so it seems like uh, I mean, I, I have a lot of clients in Mexico, and I understand the Mexican tax laws probably better than other most countries, except for Colombia. And if you're living here already invoice here okay. i mean that's what i do i get paid from people in mexico all the time so it's not a problem for them to send me money and what about my, you know most of my clients are not like uh, individual clients they're corporate clients so yeah uh, it's the same thing right like uh, international yeah, I mean, they, wire if they're corporate clients i'm sure i'm sure you're not their first person they paid in the united states definitely not yeah. you know so it's not it's not weird to them uh, money comes and goes out of the united states so 
when you have a company here. That's why I'm so busy because so many people want to, you know, you have it, you're already here, you have a social, you have, it's pretty easy for you to get, do all the stuff. Now you have to report your Mexican company here and you have to pay taxes here and you have a, a whole different set of problems that most of my other people I talk to have. Um, but you also have more opportunities. So you can, you can, you should definitely just um, operate out of your U.S. business and keep the Mexican one there in case people can't pay your U.S. business. Then you just have added flexibility, but you should make it like a point to just use the U.S. business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I have m more employees back in Mexico. So, so yeah, um, so you have to have a, enough to break even there and have them do all the work and stuff. But, um, but otherwise, I mean, you're paying taxes here and the tax rates are better here, especially even, even though the rates aren't better here, it's so much easier to operate here and you haven't really started with your U S business, right? You, yeah, it already started. Yeah. It started, but I mean, you haven't really, you haven't like, you're not like using it, right? No, correct. correct. So you'll see that it's so much easier. Like you don't need to have, you don't need to send anything to the government. You, the bank doesn't ever take any money. Everything's faster. And then you only have to do one IRS report a year, basically to just report your profits and pay your taxes. And with some planning, you can really, use all of your expenses as long as you do it right and lower your taxes by basically all of your life expenses as long as again as long as it's organized right and everything can't like deduct all your groceries and stuff but you know basically everything and then there's you don't the proof is on the proof you only have to prove the stuff if they ask you and they don't ask that often so you can just do your best put all the stuff out there and send it where in other countries i know you have to have a lot more reporting a lot more compliance a lot more verification and it just slows down everything. Here in the U.S., send an invoice, do the service. Uh, well, you send an invoice just so they can pay you. But you do the service. You don't need to send invoices or facturas or anything to anyone. It's, it's very fast and very easy to operate. Nice. Nice. And what do you think about um, this being a corp instead of an LLC? Does that make sense? I mean, what are you, what are you expecting to, like, when you, let's say 2021, you're full speed ahead, full operations. What's like the top side your business would you expect it to do in terms of net income? Like, I don't know, like three, 400,000. Okay. So, so no, an S corp would be better for you. So it's would much better. It's, it's easier and, and you can use the same company. You just do an S election. And as long as you're a resident of the United States, Um, that's going to save you a lot of money and I can do projections and I can help you, um, through some of that stuff through the planning. But, um, you know, the corporate effective rate is 21%, but then you have to pay yourself and then you pay a tax on, on what you receive. And then if you pay yourself dividends of the after-tax profit, you pay tax on that too. And that's generally, I recommend corporations for my clients who are making, Uh, and you have a big family too. So you're going to get all kinds of credits and deductions on your personal taxes. You're, you're, if you make 300,000 net income like profit, um, you're paying, you're going to end up paying 20, maybe 20%. And that's all the money in your pocket. Good to go. You're going to be paying around 20% with five kids. And at that level, it's perfect level. Okay. So you might even pay less than that. So yeah, I, I mean, you can use the same company, but you need to do I'll just give you all the information here, a form 2553 and elect uh, S corporation tax status. And that way it, the results is, then it's not, the company doesn't ever pay taxes. All the results pass to you and you pay taxes on everything. Okay. Okay. So, um, okay. So it means, that means, I'm sorry, that it's a good idea to stay in the corp, right? You can use the corp. Yes. You don't need a new company. You just need to make the S corp election. Oh, okay. Okay. I think that we... 
would have to work on that uh, probably later on. I can help you with everything, but since we're on the call and I'm doing the video, I think I'm recording it and everything. I'll just give you all of it and you can watch it again. Yeah, no, nice, nice. All right. So, um, what, uh, yeah, I, I think that you answered many of my questions. Um, now, if I want to, oh, yeah, you answered like eight, seven questions already. <laughs> One more question. Um, how do I um, pay myself? Like, okay, if the money gets into the company, then I need to be an employee of the company. How does that work? So with, if you had, let's, I'll just go through the, the different um, options or whatever. So if you had an LLC instead of a corporation, it's your, you can use the money however you want. It comes into the account, spend it on whatever you want right away. If you have a corporation, you have to be an employee. That's where companies get in a lot of trouble is when there's commingling of funds, when you have a corporation, because you can't just spend stuff on whatever and say it's a business expense when it was really you know, a boat trip for you and your, your kids. So, you know, corporations like that. S-Corps are, are a blend of both. With an S-Corp, you're required to pay yourself a reasonable salary because of all the payroll tax savings permitted by an S-Corp. Uh, you have to have a reasonable salary for your job and your income. And that's its own discussion. Uh, you know, if you make if you make 300K and you have uh, a couple of employees, remote or not, whatever, you know, you pay yourself a... a 75,000 and you're going to save a lot of money on payroll taxes. And that, that would be 75,000 of official salary. The rest of the money you can use how you want and distribute it, transfer it directly to your account and just spend it. It's just a distribution. You still got to pay tax on it at the end of the year, but you can use it however you want. The only requirement is a reasonable salary that goes through official payroll. So you pay some payroll taxes because the benefit of the S corp is that the distributions are free of payroll taxes. Which is the fourteen percent tax that you'd be paying when you run the payroll from a corp or from uh, an S corp or from what an LLC wouldn't be on an LLC profits you pay payroll taxes on all the profits and that's calculated on the Schedule SE on your personal tax return. But for an S corp, the distributions um, are, are free of payroll and then on salary, both the company pays half of the payroll taxes and then the individual pays half the payroll taxes. But since you own the company, you're, you're paying the whole thing anyways. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so um, now that I have the EAD of uh, the employment, uh, the temp temporary permit to work until my green card comes and my work visa comes, um, it's a good idea to get into the payroll, right? No. no wait until you make some money. Wait until you make a little bit of extra money and then you can do payroll. If you make 30 grand in your company, you know, payrolls unnecessary to make enough money to have a reasonable compensation. Okay. So don't, okay. you don't need to run into that full speed ahead. And some, a lot of clients that I have, like yourselves uh, and your small business owners, um, basically do all of their payroll in December. So what happens is they operate however they want during the year. We talk and we say, look, this is what I think reasonable comp is. And then you just pay all your payroll taxes at once. So you might have a big tax payment to pay at the end of the year, but then you weren't paying it all year and it's not late or anything. So um, that's what we do with a lot of clients. So you can even wait and then call me in, in September next year and say, Hey, I did, I did great. Let's do some tax planning, get this um, squared up and we can do it then. Okay. And meanwhile, if the money comes to the uh, corp, I can uh, use it uh, directly paying uh, checks with the, I mean, the company's checks. 
how would, for your own stuff? Yeah, how would that work? How for accounting, I, I would, I mean, what, what do you bank? A Chase. Yeah, so go make a personal account at Chase. And just, I do have one. Yeah. Okay, so then just transfer between the accounts. I, would, I wouldn't pay personal stuff out of the corporate account. I would just transfer it to yourself and use your own money. It's, it's an instant thing. Okay, and then at the end of the year, it's a, I, I say, okay, this money um, is my payroll, and I did pay it throughout the, the time, or what would be the legal argument to, to take out that money? Yeah, I'm sorry, I have the paradigm back in my country that it's so complicated. So, Yeah, um, I, I, I oversimplify things uh, at times. There is definitely stuff you have to do. But um, so, so what I'm telling you is that if the company makes $300,000 or $500,000, that's profits that you have in your account. If you send all of that to your personal account, that's fine. It's not an expense in the books when you do your accounting. It's a distribution. And it's a tax-free distribution. That means that the company has $500,000. It has zero cash at the end of the year because you distributed everything. So the company is going to show a $500,000 profit, and that's going to go to your personal taxes, and then you have to personally pay tax on that amount. Um, from the $500,000, you could say, look, I or the $300,000, you say, look, I, I, a reasonable salary for what I did is $100,000. In December, you can say, look, I ran a payroll of $100,000. You're basically going to pay $14,000 of payroll taxes in December. Okay. So okay. it's, 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 it's uh, you know, just try and do it before the end of the year. But everything else, you know, you can kind of um, just focus on making money. You don't have to spend too much time worrying about this other stuff. Okay. What about the, uh, what do I need to do in order to uh, shift to a S-Corp? Form 2553, if it's within 90 days of opening the company, you can just fill the regular form. If it's not, you have to do add some special wording on the form to request late entity relief. They'll generally give it to you if it's within three years of okay. the effective date. So Form 2553. Okay. Okay. Um, only available because I, I, think, I think it's only available for residents of the U.S. You can't have non-resident members. Uh, of an S corporation. It has to be only for U.S. persons. Okay, so should I wait until I have the... You're already a tax resident if you live here. Um, yeah. yeah. Are you on, you're on OPT though? Not now. Now I am on... So as I finished recently, my student visa went out on December the... Today, actually. And now I am the... I am in the process of doing the, the immigration process. So I have the advanced parole and the what permit. are you doing what what visa process are you doing for the um, eb2 national interest waiver awesome i you have a good firm that's doing that for you i'm sorry you have a good firm that's doing that for you a good yes uh, yes yes that's a good firm in great, michigan great. okay awesome we have a we have some attorneys who work with they get these uh, approved all the time and i have a lot of uh, attorney clients who get these approved so they're they're tricky and they're tough but with the new administration uh, we we're hoping that more get processed and we're, we're optimistic. They still have been getting processed in the Trump administration. So with Biden, we anticipate immigration to be a little friendlier. Good, good. Yeah, but I, I think I, I have a good uh, firm working with, so yeah. It's all about the, the writing those facts and those cases and put it together. Why is, why is it in the national interest to have Enrique live here? Yeah, oh my God, that was so, that was hard. <laughs> the, the, they write, the, when you see the, it's gonna be a, to get accepted generally it's a big packet and they have to like do so much research and write these really crazy memos and stuff about like 
your impact on our economy and stuff. It's really fun. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's that's a good wording for it. Yeah. So I'm not uh, you have to pay someone to do it for you, but that's a, yeah. I don't I don't do that stuff. But we have attorneys that do it. So so that's good. You'll be a tax resident, especially when that happens. Um, that it's going to take a while, and you're going to be on the until that happens. Uh, I, what visa are you on? Tourist visa or something? Or no, I do. I I do have the the advanced parole only. The advanced parole. So it's like a student visa still, right? No, actually, it's like a limbo. So uh, uh, I, I, if I go out of the country now with the, the advanced parole, I can come back because um, it, this thing says that I am in the process of getting the. Oh, green okay. Card. Cool. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not an immigration attorney. So I just want to make sure. So uh, the, the reason I say it is because when you have a student visa, you're not a generally a tax resident of the U.S. So I don't know if you can have an S-Corp, but it says um, since you're on advanced parole, you have work authorization. Yeah, you should be able to open it, do, make an S-Corp starting the next year. If okay. the company is already open, you still have to file a corporate return, but um, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. And what about um, like my situation until now is that I haven't paid um, uh, most uh, I'm, most of the taxes. I, I think that I have exemptions because I was a student. So um, what should I do now? Like uh, worry about- Well, as, as of the date you got off your student visa, we have to see if you became a tax resident by then. It's important because you have um, companies in Mexico and your company out there would, you would have to report if it's disregarded on 8858 on form 8858. And it's basically you would pick up the income in the U S and you can take a credit for taxes paid in um, in Mexico, but it's complicated because you have to report everything, all your foreign companies, your worldwide income here. And because you live here and you work here, the IRS wants their, their piece. Uh, it's as you, you might get stuck. That's why another reason why you should definitely operate through a U.S. company and leave that company as break even as possible, because now you get into the realm of who has the right to tax who Mexico is going to take their, their money. They say it's a, a Mexican company, but from the U S standpoint, it's a disregarded entity and you live and work here. So it should be U.S. source income. So they're both fighting both. I mean, you know, I'm being dramatic, but both countries are fighting over who has the right to tax this income because it's not it's not clear cut. You know, it's not like real estate; it's services being being delivered in both places. So, in situations like this, is when you're exposed to double taxation, and that's why you need some pre-immigration tax planning. I wrote the book on it; uh, it should be out. <laughs> oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so it's it's you know it's, uh, you can see how that would be confusing from the national standpoint of Mexico and the U.S. Both want to tax you. And it's not super clear to them who has the right. So they're both going to grab at it given the, uh, given the chance. And the chance is basically a requirement of you to file the forms and say that you earned it in Mexico, even though you weren't there and then take a credit in Mexico, because I don't know if you can take a credit in Mexico for taxes you paid here on that income. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I want to read your book. Definitely. <laughs> so, um, Okay. Okay. I think I, I get it. So now, um, until now, what I do is that my company back in Mexico, they do a direct deposit to my U.S. personal account. And that's how I have been living for the last five years. And, um, and that money is not, uh, there is no taxation on that, right? Because it's not a, like an- You like were a student. You were a student on a student visa and you're paying taxes yes. in Mexico. So 
Um, no. You don't pay, you don't pay tax. You only pay tax on income you earn here and you don't have the right to work here. So that is correct. Visa is, is kind of the catch all. How long were you on a student visa? I got that for five years. Five years is basically the, I think it's the limit of time you can do that. Like, after you have a student visa for more than five years, the IRS is like, okay, enough. And then they start <laughs> trying to tax you. I think it's five years. I don't know offhand, but there's a, it does end. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And I got a student visa like May 2015, but I moved until May 2016 along with my family. So, okay. Makes okay. Sense. So a lot of stuff. It sounds like, um, we should we should be talking again next year when you have to do your tax returns. I can definitely help you out with uh, some of that stuff. And then as yeah. your business keeps scaling, then we can do some uh, some tax planning later in the year next year. Okay. So meanwhile, I should not um, get into the payroll. Okay. Let me, I'll Don't worry until... about it. Do it later next year. Just okay. focus on getting paid. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So um, perfect, perfect. Thank you so much for this uh, very direct responses, and uh, hopefully, uh, we'll talk back in the next year. That's, yeah, that's uh, stay in my contact and reach out. I'm, I'm been, I'm trying to get better at following up with people, but I do so many calls like this that I just hope to leave a good impression and people reach back out to me because I'm, I've been really bad at following up. Uh, but yeah, it was great to meet you, Enrique. Thank you for your time. Uh, I think you. this was a Zoom call, so I can use this call, right? Yep, yep, definitely. Awesome. I appreciate that. And um, uh, best of luck to you. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great one. You Hello, too. everyone. Bye. I think that call went really well. Uh, I think it, it was really nice to speak with Enrique and hear about some of his concerns and what he's doing and that he's happy moving to the U.S. and happy to be here and that his business is going well. There's a lot of tax things that we learned here, uh, most of them from the U.S. perspective. So if you are uh, a non-resident, uh, this video will help you understand why you might want to move to the U.S., some of the ways you can move to the U.S., and how we do business in the U.S., but uh, a lot of the tax stuff I talk about won't, won't necessarily apply. If you're living in the U.S., most of the stuff still applies, so it's really good. This is a good video for everyone, uh, very clear. He's on the call with me, as you'll see, and um, yeah, it's a, gr it's a great call, so um, I think it went really well. I'm getting confused between intro and outro to be too candid on my at my post call uh, recording. So anyways, I, I hope you liked the call and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, please uh, like and subscribe. It helps. Uh, and I want you to make sure you don't miss any of the future videos and um, schedule a call with me in the description below. If you want to talk to me yourself, I'm happy to give out some, uh, some free information when I have the time. And uh, I don't know. Excuse my terrible outro in this video. I hope you guys have a great day.